0: I think it's important that our children hear about what we've done as much as adults here, okay? Because we're praying that God will raise up some of these young people to be missionaries. Y'all are going to have to just excuse me. Sometimes when you see things, you can push them down while you're there and you can do what you're supposed to do. But then when you get home and... uh you start to praise and to worship, it just it just it just comes out, okay? So it's it's coming out right now, and I it's coming out more places than I want it to. So you just have to excuse me. Our God, folks, is so good. I mean He's beyond good. He's beyond amazing. Uh, he is uh, He's awesome. And one of the things i've had the the pleasure in serving in in a uh three other churches, and two of those churches had just just had tremendous mission programs uh many of you uh know and were a part of first baptist they, they have a tremendous mission program they 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 just they do a lot of mission work and then when I went to cross gates uh I was just blown away. Their, their mission program was was even larger and they, they send out groups almost every week. And we always prayed for the teams that went out. But because the number of teams that went out, we rarely ever got to hear, I mean we got to hear stories from time to time but we just rarely ever got to hear what was going on. And uh, sometimes what happens with that is that the body becomes disjointed from the mission teams. The mission teams happen to be the people who could go or who could get off or who had the funds or or they've got that gift. And, and that's just not true. See we're all missionaries. There's a story in Scripture about uh, when David and and his uh, the men that were following him and their families they, they had run from King Saul, they had wanted posters out for them, there was a death sentence on their head, and they had gone into Philistia, and uh, they were living in a, a city called Ziklag. And uh, while they were gone to do, you know, with the Philistines for battle, a group swept into Ziklag and they took everything, and they burned the city. And When David and his men came back, there was nothing there. Their children were gone, their wives, were everything was gone. And uh, they wanted to kill David. They wanted to blame him for what had happened. But instead, they set out after uh, those who had plundered the village. And in the grace of God, they were able to recover everything that they lost. But there was a group of those that, that just wore out. And so they left them with the baggage, and some with the baggage, and some went ahead. And when they came back with everything, the group that had gone ahead and done the battle only wanted to give the group that had stayed behind what was theirs. They, they didn't want to share any of the booty, okay? Any of the, any of the plunder. And David made a statement. He said, those who stayed behind, I'm going to paraphrase this. What he was saying is, is, is we are a team. Okay? There are those who go out and do it, and there are those who stay back and pray. I'm gonna paraphrase it for us. They pray, they take care of things, they take care of our homes, they take care of the they they keep the supplies. But when we have a victory, we all share in it. And so what happened is they divided the plunder up together. Well, this morning we're gonna divide the plunder up a little bit, okay? We're just gonna share some glory stories. That's that's I've got a friend who calls uh, those kind of stories. She calls them glory stories. And so this morning, we're going to do that because we want you who helped send us, who are our brothers and sisters, who are part of our family. See, we didn't go, the 12 of us that went, we didn't go on our own. We, get, we went with you. We, we survived off of your prayers, okay? We have no clue what your prayers did. Because one day we will. But I know this, where he talked to one person, he said, man, I got up Thursday morning, I just had a burden, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I heard somebody else say, you know what, I, I was just moved. To pray. You, were pray, you were defeating things that, that we didn't know about. We were fighting the battle, okay? It was, it was a battle. But, but you, were, you were dropping the bombs from heaven so that, uh, so that God uh, would, would be glorified and the victory could be won. And so this morning, I just want to share... Uh, I want our folks to share what they've done and what they've heard and what they've seen. And so I will ask them if they'll kind of, I need all of you to kind of get up here. We don't need to spend a lot of time, Trump, Trump, Trump. You know, if you can just all get right up here. And and I know, uh, I promised, too, they could could go first. Uh, I got a black spot, Brian. (laughs) It's... It's okay. Mary's going to share a second. And then the rest of you, just boom, boom, boom. We're going to have a microphone over here. And I'm going to share a passage of Scripture because I believe what we're doing is biblical. I believe it's important that, uh, that we, uh, we share. This is what the early church did. They didn't just send teams out. When the teams got back, they shared what they had seen God do it comes right out of the book of acts. And in the book of acts, I want you to turn to uh I had this marked. I hope I still have. But it's in I believe it's in acts, yes. 15, uh, 14. And I'm going to I'm going to read just a verse in in acts 13. And uh the 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 leaders the, the prophets and the teachers were together at the church in Antioch and 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 just for FYI, the church in Antioch is where the followers of Christ were first called Christians. Uh, and it was, an, it was a, a term of derision. It was, a, it was like throwing rocks at them and calling them names. Little Christ, little, that's what they called them. And so in Antioch there were a group of, of men and they were praying. And one day it says in, in verse 2, it says, One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Paul, or Saul for a special work I have for them. So after more fasting, more prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them on their way. Two Sundays ago, you laid hands on us and you prayed for us and we went away that following Friday and we're back. Okay? And if you, if we skip chapter, the rest of chapter 13 and most of chapter 14, in verse 27 in chapter 14 it says this, upon arriving in Antioch, in other words, they were back home they called the church together and reported about their trip telling all that God had done and how he'd opened the door of faith to gentiles too. And so that's what we want to do this morning. This this past week God moved. Okay? God really moved. He moved in a in a lot of ways and you know I could share a story here and a story there but what, I'm gonna, what I've asked our folks to do is share something God did in you or through you or something you witnessed. Okay, I could tell you about things, but some of the things I didn't witness personally. I did see several people pray to receive Christ. We saw 34 people come to Christ. I don't mean little boys and little girls. I mean adults. I mean people that unless we had gone they would not have heard the gospel possibly, okay? Uh, Why do we go? We go to serve, and you're going to hear different ways that we served, and you're going to hear how incidental things change people's lives. That's what we saw this week. And so I'm just going to ask Brian if he'll come, and he's going to share. Mary's going to come and share. And while Brian's coming, I'm going to ask the rest of you to kind of Get a little closer. I mean, if you're in the third row, you're fine. If you're anywhere back past the third row, you're too far back, okay? And then it just, I mean, if if you're scared, just hang on to the last. And if you're jumping to go just after Mary gets through, just push and shove and make your way up here, okay?
1: Good morning. Yes, buenos dias. I asked Nelson to let me uh, go first because I wanted to explain to you all about the t-shirts and there's a little story behind it. But first thing I want to say to all of you is thank you, especially those who prayed for us, lifted us up, because I got a message right before I left of somebody just saying, we're going to be praying for you. And, you know, that that meant a lot to me, to know I had a prayer warrior right behind me, lifting this whole team up so that we would have the strength to face the battles that we were going to face because, you know, Satan's not going to like it, what we were doing. But just to quickly tell you the little story about the t-shirts here, you notice on the back it was all in Spanish. Well, three and a half weeks before we were going to leave, Wednesday night I always stood up here on the front row during prayer time, and the Lord Spirit spoke to me and just said, I want you to... Get a shirt made for everybody on the team, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, Lord." And slowly, he, through his spirit, explained to me what he wanted done, and I'm like, "Lord, how do I afford to do this? You know, I don't know what this is going to cost." And and uh, just heard, trust me. So I next day I started the. Paul in motion. I contacted Brett, who I know had made up the T-shirts for the Truth Group, and uh, didn't hear from him from the whole week, and I was getting a little concerned because, you know, I had a time constraint. But uh, that Sunday I got with Brett, and uh, he told me about the gentleman at Mordecai. He says, go there. He'll give us a good price. He's worked with us before. So uh, that Sunday, I prayed a little bit about, what do you want me to do, Lord? And that's when he gave me the saying that it has on the back. He says, I want you to say, we're proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ's salvation to the people of Mexico. And that's what those words say on the back. And like, okay, I got to get this translated. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I'm have contact with the pastor and his wife uh, Bethany Baptist down in Paris because I knew it was about us even the people to read the Spanish in their dialect. You know, you know how us even different here in the U.S. There's different ways we say things. So, I wanted it to when the people read it they understood what we were saying all this just fell into place Ellie sent me back what it should say I go the next day to just scared to death that you know he's going to tell me hey I can't get you the shirts made because I was down to two weeks at that point point," and he said oh no problem no problem and um, the next question was, well, how much are they going to cost? And God provided all that for me, the whole step through. But the reason for this shirt was so that as we were standing there, even if we couldn't speak to those people, they could see on our back, it says, there's good news of salvation through Christ Jesus. That was what God wanted us to let them know, and thankfully, 34 people accepted that good news, which was wonderful. I have a verse of scripture that I want to read to you guys. This got brought up every every night. We tried to uh, gather together to uh, have a little time of worship and sharing, and I forget which night this was, but um, this passage stuck with me. For those of you that have your Bible, it's uh, from Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and report to John, and that's John the Baptist, what you hear and see. That the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. But here's the important part and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Y'all are about to hear some stories to where this scripture was fulfilled. Just. Listen to the glorious things you're about to hear.
2: Morning. Shortly after we got back across the border, I made a phone call home and found out that a relative had been in the hospital since Tuesday. This man is a very special person to all of us. Right, Kendall? And uh, after we got settled Friday night, I got onto Facebook so I could read our family page and see what else I could find out about what was going on. And when I got through, I took my glasses off and turned off my nook and put them over there on the on the bed. And somehow the next morning when I got up... <laughs> My glasses frames were all twisted and everything, and I put them on. They kind of fit like (laughs) you saw it, didn't you, Betty? And the way when I looked out the glasses, everything was kind of blurry. No big deal for me. It was so convenient. You know, when I got back this morning on the way up here, I detoured by Dollar General, and I got a new pair of glasses. Okay. Okay. We take so much for granted. But I believe it was Tuesday. We had an elderly lady come in where we were working, and uh, she needed some glasses, which that day we had them over there. And the nurses, I believe, Betty, did you work with her? Uh, Got her fitted and everything, and she was so excited. And what she said, the way that, I heard it and kind of translated it was that her children and grandchildren had been reading the Bible to her and now she could read it herself. We take a lot for granted just about, you know, whether or not we even want to read our Bible at a particular time. This lady was so hungry and she was rejoicing in the fact that now she she could read it herself anytime she wanted to. She didn't have to wait for somebody to have time to read it to her. That meant a lot to me, and I think to some others too. And I may have stolen their thunder, but I got here earlier.
3: <laughs> I really didn't know what I was going to be doing when I went. Oh. When I went... <laughs> so when I got down to the outreach center, I didn't know what I was going to do, be doing down there. Uh, but I did see a pile of lumber laying over on the... Beside the, the building. And as, as I was looking at it, it was warped and crooked and bent. And I'm thinking... Man, if this was on my job, I'd send it back to Lowe's or Home Depot, and I'd get me some more. But you know, you, that that couldn't happen down there. So, so we looked at it, and we, we we're supposed to build a deck and some stairs, and we did. We started sorting through it, and it uh, it just you know I didn't know how we was gonna make any anything straight out of it, <laughs> but it just it I found out it had been laying there for over a year. So what's going to happen to lumber when it's laying out over a year in the sun and then it being in the desert? And that's what it does. So I thought, well, the best thing we can do is make rocking chairs. So, But they didn't want rocking chairs. They had some already. So we got started building it, and then we just had to put some extra screws in it, and we had to put extra bracing on it to try to straighten where it was twisted and, and warped. So it it just kind of it just kind of made me realize what happens, you know, when something is just lay, uh, put out there and it's not covered up, and it's laid there for a year, and so that just reminded me what we need to do every morning is to put on God's armor, and when we when we go out into the world, uh that we we're're not exposed, <clears throat> and so that that's basically what i I brought back from Potus uh, it, you know and those there's not a lot down there. the people are very poor but very very humble and uh, when we're riding the interstates and somebody cuts us off, uh, we need to have that armor on we don't you know we, we need to just if they cut us off we say god bless them and say a prayer for them maybe they get to their destination on time uh let's not let's not you know we have a tendency to just uh, uh want to retaliate and <clears throat> so let's just let's just keep our guard up when we're out in mission field and uh I think that's, that's what I brought back from Potters.
4: <laughs> okay. This morning we sang a song. Early in the morning we celebrate the light. Um, We were out fishing one time with our grandson, and the sun was setting over the water, and it was such a beautiful setting. It was golden, and uh, I looked at him, and I said, look at the sun, God's sun setting. And he said to me, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Every day, we were at the center, and they got up, and they went out because the sun was, was coming up, and it was so Beautiful. That one day actually they they described to me, I didn't actually get to see it, but there was blue on each side. It's like God had put a picture frame around his sun coming up. It was blue on each side, and just they were just talking about it and how it had had come up and what an awesome sunrise it was. Um, And on the way back from our trip, I was thinking about what I was going to say. And as we were traveling, God brought His Son up on the way back, and I got to thinking that morning. The sun is shining over Mexico so bright. I thought, isn't that just like our Abba Father in His Shekinah glory shining all over the world? And now, isn't that right? It's not just Mexico; it's all over the world. Um, you visit a country, and you think in our own eyes that here, here's what we saw; that they're poor in our own eyes. But here's what we saw. I saw a young boy get up from his seat and take a hand of an er elderly man and guide him back and give him his seat. That's what I saw. I saw a woman so grateful for medical service that she brought us back a bag full of homemade crochet doilies in in honor to, to give us back some of what we had given to her. In each village, what I saw was pastors caring for his flock, because our pastor and others had cared enough to mentor to these pastors so that they could go out into their world and have a harvest. The last day I was sitting outside near the people, last day we were in a village, I was sitting outside near the people and uh, that were to be brought in and and, uh, for the services. And I had a wonderful opportunity to hear praise music all day long in Spanish. And it was not just the medical clinic, it was a worship service. And someone asked me, you know, how did you feel about that day? I felt a tremendous peace because they were out there worshiping our Lord in their language. I didn't understand it, but I knew what it was. And um, we had an opportunity to pray with a 95-year-old man. He is still in my heart, so strong about coming to know Jesus. And he went, he went into the clinic. And after his treatment, the, uh, his dental cl- uh, treatment, his, uh, the pastor shared the gospel. And to our knowledge, he did not receive Jesus Christ. But God knows the end of his life and the end of his story. And I pray that he will choose life with him. Even though he is 95 years old, I pray that God will give him another chance. And I believe he will. we had a young man whose whose wife had just left him and and took his children with him. He was in a deep depression. We asked him, "Did he know jesus and he answered no so nelson Nelson came over, and we as a group gathered around him and we prayed over him and he went through his dental treatment and the pastor shared the gospel with him and praise God, he received Christ. So he said, just give me Jesus. And I I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to sound, but I don't need no stinking wife. I just need Jesus. (laughs) Uh, And praise you Lord. And that was kind of a thing, you know, Um, and when you walk into a room the room is dark, and you turn on the switch, and you switch, the, the switch turns on the light. Darkness is the absence of light. We can't switch it on, or make it happen, or make it dark again. We can only turn on the light. And I would just say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine.
5: Throughout the trip, I kind of didn't do much because I wasn't, like, a nurse or a doctor. And I'm the youngest, so I was 16, and everyone else is, like, at least 20. Well, there's a 19-year-old. So, (laughs) and I got to enjoy the children. The children were wonderful, and they just, everything that they did, they enjoyed every little bit of it, and they had joy in everything. As a child, I... I seemed to, like, look back, and I didn't always was as grateful as I should have been. They just got a one. I brought Beanie Babies. I brought, like, 75, I think. And I gave them one little Beanie Baby, and you should have seen their face. It was just, it brought so much joy to my life. Um, there was this little boy. His name's Chewie, and they named, he was born with no eyes. And the whole entire city, or village, village, named the village after him. And he, he was able to walk and he did everything on his own. He, I even heard about a story about they gave him bike and this girl got on the back of his bike and she was just trusting him while, and he never hit anything. And it was just amazing. Well, the thing that I would take back, was, uh, take back here is when I went to, up to him, I wanted to give him a Beanie Baby. And I went in the room, I found him, and... I really didn't know what to say because he couldn't see me. So I was kind of a little bit freaked out because I've only had Spanish for two years and I kind of blank out whenever I go to speak. And he just, it kind of came to me just to say, this is for you and I did and he held out his hand and I gave him the beanie baby and he had this face, he had this smile that was so big and he was so grateful that you could just see it and it just lit up the room And it just made my day, and it made the whole entire trip so worth it. Well, the whole entire thing was worth it, but just the kids, they were just, they had so little, but they didn't act like they had so little. They acted like, they were like, I have a family, and that's all that means to me. And and when you share the gospel with them, they were just, they acted like it was such this big deal. And when I was younger, I never thought of it, I went to church every day. I was like, "Oh, okay." I liked it, and I was always a Christian. It was just I never got as deep as they got, and they just they get so much gratitude from it. And I could see that God always has their hand on them, just because they're so they're so grateful, and they're just they're always wanting to learn. And that's what I'll take back from Paris.
6: that was my granddaughter. <laughs> um, you know, what is grandparents really need to teach our children about the Lord. Um, she has a wonderful mother that um, always took them to church. And they were in church from the time they were just a couple weeks old. So, and we always were so close. Um, it was like three people that raised them because uh, their mom is a flight attendant their dad was a flight attendant and so we i mean there were all these weeks that we would trade one baby off for another baby with the other grandmother because sometimes it was so hard to keep two children but lots of times i did but um i'm just so grateful that she knows the lord and she loves the lord but, um, just the trip was just a blessing. um A lot of things that we saw I just kept hearing that verse is uh, love one another as I have loved you, and as we loved on the people, we got more love back than we actually gave. I felt you know, and um, I know you've heard some stories, and one of them was the lady that got the glasses and could see and um that was just so amazing because she praised the lord and it was just something so simple and then uh, i had a young girl that had the most beautiful nails and i just was admiring her nails you know and i said something to her about um how pretty they were and um she left and she came back and she had five packages of the stick-on nails that's what they were (laughs) And she had five packages, and she held them all out in front of me. So um, I knew she wanted me to take one. So I took one, and there was somebody there that could translate. And I said, "How much? Um, how much do I owe her for these for these nails?" And um, she she said, "No, it's a gift." And so then she handed me all five. So for so little that she had. She's so willing to give, and that's what we found. They, they have nothing. I mean, if we just saw, I mean, I was so glad that Kristen could see this. I mean, we are so, I mean, teenagers and adults and grandmothers, I mean, and grandfathers, we have so much in this country, but they have so little, but they're willing to share whatever they have, and that was, that was what I took away.
7: Without just falling out, but uh, testing, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like Kristen, I didn't have a, any medical uh, know how or even know why I was going, I just felt led to go. But um, I can't do this. <laughs> uh, i feel so blessed and so honored to have been able to go um i i saw things that yes they were very poor and had hardly anything i saw a fence that was made out of pallets a bed spring plastic things and but it worked you know it served its purpose and uh i i just don't think i'll ever be the same I, i I've been house hunting, as some people know, and I, I I'm I've changed what I'm looking for now, and I don't have to have a dishwasher, <laughs> although I really really want one, but <laughs> I don't have to have one. Uh, but yeah, my um, my daughter this morning, she she came into my room and she uh, she said, "You don't seem happy to be home," and I I didn't know how to answer her because. This is my home. This is where most of my family is, and uh, where I reside, where I work, but part of my heart will always be in Paris. I can't wait to go back. I wish I could go back tomorrow, because <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I actually felt like I was contributing to something useful. I felt useful and needed, and I mean, I know my family needs me, but these People were so, they're so welcoming, and they're so, um, have hardly anything, but yet they're just so joyous with what they have, and happy to see us, and happy to be, I get, they're just, I don't know, I don't know how else to explain it, but uh, anyway, I don't know what else to say, but uh, thank you for your prayers, they were very much appreciated.
8: Um, I'm not sure what God wants me to share and thought I knew what he wanted me to share. But, um, anyway, um, it's been a, it's been a beautiful week down there. Uh, when I go down there, it just seems like God always meets me there. It's always a beautiful time of worship. It's always a beautiful time of just, you know, we're going down there to serve and, and we just get blessed by serving other people and, um, and, and you just can't outgive God. He just pours so much into us and ministering to us as, as we just meet with Him and and serving others. And uh, it's just a beautiful time of of, uh, of because there's no distractions down there. You don't have a cell phone. You don't have Facebook. Thank you, God so much you know i'm just so tired of just being distracted and 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 that's been my focus before i even went was to focus on god i want to focus on god because um i'm very highly distractible i'm very add i'm very disorganized and yet they kept telling me my room you're organized you did it because i've been down there twice so i could help the other members of the team to know in our in our room to know what to expect and just encourage them and if they needed something I could you know I knew where to get different things and do different things and knew what to bring so um, yeah, they're like you're so organized I said you just don't understand I said I'm not organized but God is just using me because I'm just surrendering I'm just asking God to use me where I'm at, to use me, and I guess that's basically what it is. As I wrote down here, is to be who Jesus made you to be. To be, He told me that before I left. He said, "Be who I made you to be." Just forget all of others' expectations of what they think who you should be or look like as a Christian, and. Uh, he he just showed me you'll be much more effective in your ministry that God has called you to be. You'll be freer, you'll be more full of joy. You know, you're the song, one of the songs, I, I took my I knew that I always have an album of praise music when I go down there. And that he he has given me one every year and this year it was Matt Redmond. And it's uh, Your Grace Finds Me and it's just so full of scripture so full of Jesus and it was just one of the signs of Jesus only Jesus and he just kept pulling me in the morning he kept pulling me out there and he just he just really ministered to me in his word and um and and he he will be glorified even the midst of struggle i knew before we went you know that we're going to have we needed the authority of jesus's name i knew that before we left so i i saw okay god and he showed me some things to do And so that was one of the things that i was kind of expecting and this god showed up and, and did it and he did it in different ways but one of the stories is uh brenda mentioned was that uh there was a young man who was depressed and two mornings before that in my devotion uh the devotion says, "Long enough on the mountain," and so we're up in the mountains. We're be- it's beautiful. We love it. We're we're just excited to be there. And in the devotion, where Jesus is being taken up on the mountain there and being transfigured, there's. Uh, that you know, it's great to be there, but they had to come down from the mountain. And in the scripture, after that, it says that there was a demon-possessed boy that Jesus needed to go down to the mountain to and to deliver. And so um, I saw that just quickened my spirit. I said, "Okay, Lord, there's something about a demon-possessed boy. I don't know where it's at or when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen." So I said, "Okay." And so um, that two days later. He, there was a young man, and it had that he had a depressive spirit. And he came into, he went to the dentist, and then he came into the medical. And every station, from what I heard, is that he, people kept asking him about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And our our doctor, do you know Jesus? And the pastor uh, that actually led him was actually the missionary Pedro. Pedro sat there, and he started. Pray, you know, can we pray so in in the doctor's room, he started praying and to repeat after him, and you know it was a monotone at first and and I was praying for Pedro, and God says, "Pray for the boy, I said, "Oh, okay, so I started just spirit of depression, you have no authority here, you have no right. this boy's bought by the blood of Jesus, you have to let him go, you have no place in his life, you have to leave." And as I was doing that, the the transformation on his face was just, he started crying. It went from the head and doing it from from saying it to the heart. It went into the heart. It went into his spirit. And he, he stood up a different man. And what was just incredible, because on Wednesday night practicing what we do here of hearing God, I just stood in who I was in Christ. I said, Pedro... He's a missionary. I said, "Can I say something?" He said, "Yes." He said, "Yes," and so I started. I, I said, "Lord, what do you want me to say to him?" He says, "Tell him whom the sun sets free is free indeed," and that was witnessed by the, this morning that last song, just witnessed to my heart that that what we go through. I mean, it's just. Okay, slow down. I was able just to share from my heart what the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart and to call upon Jesus' name when he's attacked in the coming days, to speak Jesus' name out loud, that we have authority in Christ. We can take uh, our foot and, and put it on the neck of the enemy, and we don't have to be fearful. We can be who Christ wants us to be. And as we are who Christ calls us to be, we We are free indeed, we are free and and when- when you're asked to do something difficult as you're obedient to God, he will fill you more and more. He's not going to give you anything to do if you're not going to be obedient to the small things to everybody wants to be filled with the spirit and to do the works and do this, but until you're until you're obedient in the small things. He, the Holy Spirit fills us even more as we just step out in faith and do what he's called it, and forget what other people think about us and, and, and everything and, and, and as a result of that you're drawing nearer to God and he's drawing nearer to you and it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because you know you're ple- God is well pleased with you
9: I just love going on mission trips, <laughs> and um, God supplies our needs from the moment we, you know, we said we will go, and He's putting obstacles in our way, and He's He's defeated those obstacles, and it's been a joy. And I had a verse; it was Isaiah seven nine b. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all, and. I really went down there. I I had developed diabetes. I wasn't sure what I was going to be able to eat. And I knew Armin, the fellow that led the trip, he enjoys Dairy Queen immensely. (laughs) And he knew where everyone was all the way down there. And I just, Armin, first thing I got off the bus down here at Brandon, Mississippi, I said, Armin, I can't eat those Dairy Queens anymore now. I'm a diabetic. He says, I am too. He'd found out this last year he was. and uh, But God provided. I mean, there was just places to pick up snacks and things that I needed, and I didn't really have any health issues or anything. But when you get down there, you've got to be, you've got to have on that armor of God over you. And there's a few necessities that do help, especially a hat to keep the sun off your face, (laughs) and also sunglasses. And it was hot, and I mean hot. But God provided shade, and he provided the nourishment we needed at the time we needed. And... uh, I didn't, I didn't have a really specific thing to do. I just sort of sat around, found shade, and I would pray if I saw somebody come in or hand out a sucker here and there, but uh, I'd, I'd go in the pharmacy some and, you know, sit and get the prescriptions and take them back to the interpreter, but the last day uh, in this little village we went to, I said, well, I'd been there before. And we had some man that was going to provide a banjo. They had built this bathroom, really nice, and they hadn't had it set up yet. So the first thing I spotted when I got off the van was this bushes way over here. <laughs> and I just went and found my favorite bush, and, you know, everything was fine. And we came back, and the little pharmacy was set up in this little room, and Brian and Jim were at the tables, and there was this little space on the edge of the bed. Well, I thought, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Well, there's another verse in the Bible in Isaiah. <laughs> and I was looking at it, I said, you know, the Lord gives us joy in, in, in many ways. But it says in this one, Isaiah seventeen, eighteen, In the day of the in that day the Lord will whistle for flies. And I mean there were flies everywhere. <laughs> And I had this hat and all I did was just fan flies off the prescription table. <laughs> but God just blessed my heart. The ladies, the fellowship we had with our church women and the men from the other church at Brandon. I mean, it was a fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ. And each one blesses our heart in different ways. And I also carried a little bag with me and somebody would say, Oh, I don't have this. And I said, well, wait a minute. And I said, Let me unzip my bag. I got it. Here you go. <laughs> And I said, and I did take duct tape, so I did. I was prepared for this trip.
10: <laughs> well, you know, uh, on this trip, uh, a lot of people would say uh, or think that, uh, um, well, Jim has a purpose on this trip. Well, two years ago, we, my first trip to Paras, uh, I wondered what my purpose was because it wasn't a medical trip. Uh, it was Nelson, and I, and, and Roger. Um, we were going to facilitate with uh, VBS and it was a VBS combined with uh, three churches in town. They were not Southern Baptists. They were not you know one thing one was southern baptist one was independent i think one was assembly of god but uh they had uh, uh what blesses me is that they were working together for the kingdom and there wasn't an animosity or or, or anything against e- e- the different churches and and that really blessed my soul uh, bless me and still uh find that true even uh, on this trip this year but on that trip um, we would raise a tent we would uh, hand out snow cones and um, but on that trip um, Nelson did some of what he he used to do he has a skill and um we helped a uh, I think it was an orphanage or a, a place where I think Down syndrome children were in, and, and uh, there was some faucets that were not pro- working properly, and so Nelson and Roger, I mean, that was right down their their expertise. I'm just sitting there, you um, know what do you want me to do uh they'll hand me a certain wrench or something and i dig out is this it you know <laughs> uh or a screwdriver uh is this the kind you want you know uh, it's just i mean i was sort of lost and uh uh turn turn something on or turn it off well, am i turning it on or turning it off you know it's like uh, uh but uh is it is a is the water going down the 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 drain properly um like i don't know what's it supposed to be look like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know well, what you know, anyway as uh you know then we worked at um armin had uh had been told of a need of a group of group of uh children that uh had come from a a uh, sad situation in a neighboring little village and had come to into Paras and was staying uh oh a church was helping to pr- uh, provide for a, a rental home uh, and i think we've told you before about um, again nelson uh Plumbing in a shower and and working at uh, setting up um, a uh, hot water tank and 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 putting uh, connecting it to a a propane tank and you know I'm thinking you know I can't do any of this either. Again, here it is. I'm uh, help me find this uh, fitting or that fitting and I'm like I don't know what you what anyway. Again, I was a duck out of water. I didn't really fit that good, but uh, I really enjoyed seeing that that process. I know you've heard Roger talk about uh, the blessings we see. Sometimes we don't really know what what really goes on, but uh, uh, he shared some things about maybe time uh, years later we may see something. And I saw something on this trip uh, where. There was uh, one of the the local people, little young lady that was helping in the in the kitchen with Alma, uh, one of the the missionary uh, people that we're working with, and she was helping to uh, she was coordinating our food. Um, Alma was, and one of the little local uh, young ladies that was working there, I, she smiled at me a couple of times, and um, um, I wasn't sure why the smile, but she you know i smiled back of course um but she sort of stood out in my mind and uh after a couple of days um i think roger said something to me about or or maybe it was nelson i believe that's one of the girls that we had that that we had worked at where they were to put in a a shower for because all they had before was just a hose pipe um and um and Sure enough that was one of the young ladies and she was uh, she was there working. Uh, she would work from time to time there at the compound. Uh, so it was a blessing to see her and to see how she was she was growing up and she was active and she 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 seemed uh, like a very nice Christian young lady and uh, then I, f- I heard that her brother was one of the was becoming one of the strong male leaders in in one of the little churches that we were, had been working with, and uh, and that he was being, as best I, I understand, and, and I, is that he is possibly drawn, being drawn into the ministry himself. Um, I guess my point is that. Even though I was a a duck out of water on the first trip, you don't always have to have you know. On this trip, you say, "Well, Jim has a purpose. You know, he's he's you know has medical training in certain area where you know I can be facilitate I can facilitate the the health of possibly some of the people there, Um, but if you go on a mission trip, you don't always have to be. A very obvious participant in that you can still facilitate, and uh, i I was some help, I hope to Roger and nelson but the the big, the big thing is that uh, I was able to see a huge blessing in how God has worked in this little group of siblings that had been taken out of a, a very very bad situation um, And I guess um, that is how, because we had prayed for them and prayed over them. Uh, but God was very faithful to our efforts and our prayers. And uh, and another little point I, I want to bring up is a uh, missionary lady that was there that we work, have worked with, uh, she that's a story all in herself uh her and her husband pedro and how their family had gone back to mexico after being they were in the states and were they went back to mexico to minister to their their people uh, while we we're there uh alma gets a phone call uh, or a text that that her aunt had just passed away her mother's sister and her mother was going to be traveling to go to the funeral uh, uh, so we there was some consoling uh for alma there that we were able to do uh expressing our sympathy um alma i i said something to her real late and uh, she was in the kitchen area and it was after our little praise and share time and I, I said something to her, and she told me that uh, the day before her aunt died, which was like the day before this, uh, because she had passed away in the at, at night, and it's my understanding, and this was the day that, well, this was the next evening. So it was the day before she passed away. Her mother was on the phone with her aunt, and... During that time on the phone, um, her aunt had just like a month earlier been diagnosed with cancer and they had done some surgery or procedure and removed a tumor uh, growth in which she has now just had now just passed away that they didn't know of before. Uh, So this is sort of real quick in, in, in its occurrence. But her, her mother was, was talking to her sister uh, on the phone. And during that time, uh, or near the end of the, their conversation and all, um, her mother was able to lead her aunt. Uh, her mother was able to lead, lead her sister, which was almost aunt, to Christ. She prayed to receive Christ. And then, of course, that night that she passed away, um again god god is is so faithful um he that was able to bring much comfort to her her mother uh and to alma that uh that her aunt and her alma's mother's sister was went to heaven uh, so in all the seems like everybody that went on our trip, there was things that, that came up where God showed himself faithful. And I could stand up here and maybe have a sermon about times where I have found God faithful. and That's what I, I want to leave with you is that even though you may not know of how you can be used on a certain trip or there's so many obstacles that will come up, God's faithful,
11: always faithful. I didn't plan to be last, but I will be, well, I'm 11 out of 12. uh, And I want to debunk something right off okay Becky says that she has no skills listen there are for every Jim who's a pharmacist or Danny who's a doctor or Mark who's a dentist you need two people (coughs) who just need to be people they don't need a lot of training Mary Mary guiding people from back to this spot to that spot she was trained in 30 seconds Espera aquí, She's dropped the espera because she says it sounds a little different to them and they laugh. But if you know here and there, you can make things work. Okay? So I want to debunk- There is no reason not to go because I don't have a skill. Because God uses whatever you are to do something amazing. And he did, he showed himself out. And I'm gonna struggle a little bit um, in this process because um, uh, two things, just the weight of everything. It takes a while, I am so, I. Uh, he's talking about a fog, I know what he means. These black socks are actually blue when I got here this morning, okay? I, I thought they were black, but uh, the fog hadn't cleared enough to me know the difference between blue and black this morning. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you a math lesson here in a few minutes. Um, But my brother, my pastor, uh, talked the first night about a lot of the things we don't have is because we don't ask. And he quoted from James that you have not because you ask not. And it began, began to be a running theme through the process. Uh, Rick and I got uh, tickled at each other because he said, oh, I wished I had this, and I'd pull it out of a nail apron I was wearing. And then I would say, hey, you know, I wish we could find one of these, and he'd pull it out of his pocket and say, you mean this. And so it just got to be a running theme. We didn't have because we don't ask. And God uh, hammered that home time and time again. Uh, one of the more amusing ones was uh, we were trying to keep people who were stationary in places with water, Gatorade, a cool rag, or, or whatever else. Uh, unfortunately, the doc, just for it to be set up, he needed to be in uh, an adobe wall, but had no roof on it. They, they started an addition, and they didn't get through with it, is what it amounts to. Uh, and we just did what we could, but it was one of those situations, it is as it is and you can't fix it but you just have to make the best of it we got a tarp over it and raised it up enough to get him a little ventilation but i asked him doc is there anything you need oh I was talking about a fan the fan you know boy it'd be nice to have a fan we don't have a fan he says yeah i'd love for greg to come in here with a big a big fan and just and just wave it and cool me off now they start left because they don't know and that's why he, he said, I wish Greg could come in here and fan me. And Greg, his name's Greg Cox. He's an uh, he's engineer. He's he's one of the smartest men you'll ever meet. And he's one of the humblest men you'll ever meet. Amen. So uh, we're walking back through, and I said, hey, Greg, Doc said he needed you to come out there and fan him. And so was it Becky, was it your hat or was it Penny's? Oh, thank you, thank you. Be- okay. Okay. <laughs> So I walked through, and I said, yeah, Greg, Doc wants you to come out there and fan him a little bit. Now, it is. It's hot. So what does Greg do? Oh, he takes that big hat, and he goes in there, and he just gets behind the doc, and he starts fanning him. And I don't have him, but I wish that somebody, if, if it's one of our groups, somebody took a picture, and there's he wants to laugh so hard at what's happened. And I, and I did. I came by, and I said, you had not, because you asked not. He stood in there and fanned him for about 10 minutes, but he's got a patient, and, and there's a picture that shows him just trying not to, to bust out laughing because he needs to go on with his business, but um, God is good. Uh, you know, you don't have because you don't ask. But we, so we fanned a while, and he got what he needed. Uh, with any time we do this, any group that I've ever been a part of, there are always obstacles on the front side, and in the middle, and everywhere in between. Sometimes, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the heat, in the midst of the struggle, it gets real tough. But I love it when God will iron it all out. Somebody asked uh, as we were at the place about something going on, and I said, "I live for the, I live to be in the place that where if God doesn't show up." if he doesn't do it it doesn't happen because he always shows up and he always makes it happen i've seen that so many times it's just not fair and i want to tell you to be a part okay second corinthians chapter 5 5, verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Is any of this sounding familiar? I read this two weeks ago in here. Now it's got to sound a little bit familiar. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and imputing their trespasses to them and not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God was pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God of God in him, and him is Jesus Christ. Um, a couple of weeks before we left, we were in prayer time. Uh, I was asking God, I need a word. I need you to share a word. I'd I never want to go without knowing that there is a scriptural basis. There is a promise from God. And that was it. And I, I did. I know y'all don't want to, y'all want to all be bashful, but uh, some of you were praying this verse while we were gone. And let me tell you how God honored His Word. The first day, the first day of clinic, nine people came to Christ. And yes, that's a hallelujah. A big hallelujah. But I began to ask uh, Danny, the doctor, uh, I said, well, how many Patients did you see? And he told me, sometimes they just come simply for medical, sometimes they come for dental, sometimes they do both. And so your numbers can sometimes get, you know, the doc will see some people that Mark didn't see, the dentist see, and vice versa. So I began to talk about how many, you know, how many people came through, and he gave me an estimate. And Mark, well, you know, we did, we pulled this many teeth, or I saw this many people and the best we could attain was that the number was 40. I started doing a little bit of math. I'm not a mathematician and uh I never will I be accused of being one. But one out of one out of every four people that came through the clinic that day came to Christ. Now, I got a lot of gray here here anywhere you talk about it. I've been around a while, and I'm kind of like David. I was young, and now I'm old. But uh, And I've been involved in this kind of work for 12 years now and talked to a lot of other people who were. If you get 5 or 10%, it's something. 25% is unreal. That's when you can just stand there. God did something. He honored your prayers. He honored our prayers. He honored us with his presence and made fields white to harvest. The next day, it was was, no one came to Christ. We just ministered. We just planted seeds. But the next day, 20 people came to Christ. And judging from what was told they did have more people come through but it still was almost one out of every four and the last day was a little slower and thank god because it was a lot hotter <laughs> but uh it was a fewer number but five people still came to christ i i don't know how to explain it unless, because if you don't see it is that God, I mean, it's, it's miraculous if one people, and it was worth it the first day. It was worth it just for the lady who got glasses that said, thank God, it was worth it for all of that. Any of you know what Lanyap is? In New Orleans, they describe it. It's a little something extra. Well, God gave Lanyap 50 times over in this week. He did something that only He could do in salvation, but He did it time and again at a higher rate simply because 22 people decided to commit themselves to Him and follow Him. I want to close with a challenge. Christina said that everybody is older than 20. Some of us are three times (laughs) older than 20. Or, real close to it. It's coming. Um, we need some of the younger folks. And I know that uh, for whatever reason, some of those are got. We need some of those 20s. We need some of those in the 30s. I'm a, I'm scared if I figured up the median age of the group that went this time, okay? Just gonna tell you. Just gonna tell you. Uh, we would get our senior discount anywhere we wanted to go if it were counted <laughs> up that way. Just let's just. Let's just be honest about this. Yes, yes. She pulled. If we take her out, then uh, we would all be. Uh, well, we'd all be over. Never mind. Let's just don't. Let's just. Yeah. Let's just don't. Let's just don't do that math. But, uh, but we need the next generation to step up and be a part of this, both, and the places we go whether it's Mexico, but around here as well. Uh, When we put that roof on, I went back in my mind. When we put that roof on, we had three guys that were under 40 years old. And and that's okay. Listen, I don't don't, thank God for the ones that came. But we really are going to have to have some younger guys, younger women, to step up and be a part of this. And I know it's difficult when you have children. I understand that. Got three grandchildren. I understand it. But I, I, I just want for this to continue, it's going to take the Christinas. It's going to take the younger people to also get involved to carry it forward. God has shown himself powerful and has declared the fields white, but we've still got to go. So I challenge you, if you can, uh, we were talking on the way back. I talked to both the uh, leaders there, and next year there may be a possibility that we actually would have a chance to do two trips. One of them will will certainly be medical, as it has been, but there may be a construction project, and here we go again. I'm not looking for people with their Ph.D. in carpentry. I'm just looking for people who want to go. Serve the Lord and help some people who have some skills in that area. And God reaps a great harvest. I just would challenge you. We want to be a missional church and be a part of everything that we do. Uh, We did a mission trip. We don't do mission trips. We're missional. Sometimes that is a long way off, and sometimes it's next door. Wherever it is, let's just do it, okay?
0: Well, I'm going to be really brief because I wanted them to preach today. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, well, I just don't have any skills. Well, I was the sucker minister, okay? Okay, here's the skill. They go get their friends. You know, I was the water minister. I I went and got water out of the house. I was the, the rag minister. Dipping it nice, you know. I was just, hey, you're doing okay, minister. You know, all you have to do is care. That that That's it. All you have to do is be willing to love and God will figure out a way to use the love that He's given you to come forth. Uh, I, I want to share... A very quick I I I, I've, I don't like dentists, and I don't like to be around dentists. Okay, I mean, not this is not a personal thing. I just I grew up. It was a bad thing the dentist I had, and I'm still scarred from it. So, uh, just reality. And so I, I didn't really I got offered the opportunity, and I, was, I can't do it. Okay, I just can't handle it. But I saw some pictures. Pedro showed me a picture. On Monday. It's a little boy. He had two sets of front teeth. These he had four teeth up here and he had another four. He walked around like this. He couldn't already talk. He had no life. Okay? He wasn't gonna have a life. Uh, We've we've all grown up, we've all made fun of kids, and we've been made fun of kids, okay? It's the same everywhere in the world. The dentist pulled those teeth and all of a sudden he could shut his mouth. I mean, just a simple thing changed who knows what. I mean, he may be the the Billy Graham of Mexico, I, I don't know. But it just, the, the dollar pair of glasses that cost $20 down there changed grandma's life. It just, it's just, it's not much. But we have to be willing to be obedient. There's a little boy and uh, all week long his mom is a nurse and she, she came with us, she's, she's out of a job right now because the only place she could work is a long way away and she couldn't get there. So she's raising her child. He's about 18 months old. I can tell you his name, but he has a name. Jonathan. Jonathan, okay. Jonathan is the children are just they're just beautiful. I mean, he's big old brown eyes, just I mean, but he is like most of us. He only knows one real good word, and he says it strong. No. So I just I just spent the week playing with him. i go, see, no. See, no. See, see, no, no. And he walk away and i go, see, see, see. he go, no, no, no. And i go, see. He'd go, no. I mean, we just had a, you know, I never got him to say see. And for those who don't know, it, yes. You know what? God says, yes, yes, yes. And we go, no, no no. And we miss just very simple things. You may not ever go to a foreign mission field, but you're in a mission field right here. So when God says yes, don't say no. Just, okay God, I don't have any skills, I don't have this, I don't forget about what you don't have if you have Jesus. Because if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. Everything. He will never ask you to do anything that he can't do. And so I want to encourage you. I wanna I want to say thank you. Because we share in this. This is not a mission team or missional team. This is a we thing. And I love what David said. I brought this up at the beginning. When they when they got back with all the stuff and they didn't want to, they didn't want to give them anything I just give them, give them what they, they lost and let's go on. David said this he said, no my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He's kept us safe, he's helped us defeat the enemy. Do you think anyone will listen to you when you talk like this? We share and share alike. Those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. And from then on David made this a law for all of Israel and it is still followed. And what we've done is we've just followed that today. We, what we've done is we've shared just a few stories. And you'll, you'll probably hear more stories because there are a lot more stories to tell. But here's what we saw. We saw a field just like Jesus saw. And it's white. And folks, it doesn't stop at the border of Mexico. Just look out these doors. It's still white. And what did Jesus say? He said the fields are white with harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that He would send out workers. That's all Jesus is looking for. People who will show up to work. He'll send them to the the field He wants them to reap or, or plant or sow or water in and He'll take care of it. God blessed us this week. He, he blessed our church this week. Uh, uh, I, again, I want to say thank you. I, I've been with 11, i got to remember there's 12 of us and I'm one of them. Uh, I've been with 11 people that I just watched God use in miraculous ways. Uh I've been with 11 people that I just love. I love every one of them. I love their gifts, I love their talents, I love what God's doing in their lives. And I'm glad to be home because there are people here I love the same way. Folks, if we'll just say yes God will use us. And He'll, He'll not just turn this little church upside down, He'll turn this community upside down. We just have to be obedient. Now here's what I want to do. I want us to just, I want us to just, I want us to have a song, a praise song. I just want us to praise God for a song. And if you, I want you to, when we do, I want you to stand, I want you to sing, but I, listen to me. If you're here this morning and you've been like Mr. Senor No in Mexico, my little buddy Jonathan, no. No, no, see, see, no, no. If that's you, see if you can't reform the muscles of your mouth and really your heart and try yes. Yes, God, I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. Yes, Lord. Yes. If we don't go, who will? If we won't go now, when? I love what Isaiah said when God asked him to question, who will go for us? What did Isaiah say? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. Let's pray. And I'm going to ask Russ us in our worship team. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.EaglesWingChurch.org or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Church. Thanks for listening and have
1: a blessed week.